hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining. I'm excited to be here for the second time. Um, thanks to Kate for an amazing, amazing forum. So as Kate said, my topic today is focus on storytelling, but I actually want to focus on three components of storytelling. What to say, what to write, and what to draw. So what I'm hoping to do today, to keep it short and sweet, because we don't have a little bit of time, is really to frame why these three components are important and give you guys some amazing golden nuggets that you guys can use to better frame your conversations. Okay, so let's start off with the first leg of this skill set, which is what to say, right? And I actually changed it recently to what to ask. The reason why this is important when it comes to storytelling is we focus a lot on customers that are trying to use storytelling in order to gather requirements. And one of the core problems that we see is typically what they're saying out of their mouth is literally causing problems. So let me give you guys a good example. So when gathering requirements and working with users, one of the most common questions that we hear is people will ask, hey, you know, what do you want to see? What do you want to draw, right? Or what do you want to measure? Sorry, right? Or how do you want it to look? And so I always teach our students, I'm like, look, if you ask someone what they want to see, they're going to tell you everything, okay? And so this leads to the painful scope creep. In addition, if you ask them how they want it to look, guys, look, users have no freaking idea, okay? Do not ask a user for input in how they want things to look. Because what happens with users is they get fixated on a chart and they forget about the data, okay? And then the other question that is toxic, I use the word toxic, like do not use these words ever, 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 is what do you want to measure? For goodness sake, understand when you ask me that, I am like a kid in a candy store. I am the all you could eat. I'm going to tell you, I want to measure every freaking thing you got, okay? A matter of fact, if you can give me access to the database and the cube, I'll take that too. So those are three questions that we see people asking all the time. And we are like, stop, 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 stop. Never ask those questions again. Instead, what we do is we teach them to ask four core questions that are focused on extracting the four core story parts, okay? So let me break this down. So this takes us in now into the what we write. So when it comes to what we write, part of our concept is focused on a storyboard. Now, some of you may have heard of storyboards like in Hollywood, right? They have all these storyboards. So if you like watching Hollywood movies, they have all these animations and they're really great and we see them, right? And there's all this talk in the industry around narrative, but the reality is that when it comes to storyboarding with data, guys, it's very simple and very specific. And if you're taking notes, you wanna write it down. This is very different, I think, from the approach of a lot of people, which is not wrong, but it's very specific. If you wanna create a compelling data story, right, from your data, it needs to have four parts, especially if you're gonna build an analytic on top of it. It needs to have a goal, which is part one. It needs to have three to five KPIs, which are your key performance indicators. It then needs to have a trend or two for each KPI and then an action for each trend. Those are the four story parts. So I'm gonna repeat that again. It needs to have a single goal, three to five KPIs that tie to the goal. And we teach you actually the specific questions to ask. It needs to have 
one to two trends for each KPI and each of those trends need to have an action to fix it. And if you want me to dig a bit deeper, which we don't have the time to do, you actually within the actions, you have two types of actions. You have what we call a quick win and then you have a longer term action. You want to focus on short, quick wins. Okay. Nobody wants to focus on long term. So this is the where you come in and write. And one of the key things we see when it comes to what you write, one of the key problems is we see people who say one thing, hear one thing and write something completely different. This is some, this is like, this is something that we see all the time. So let me give you a good example. So when it comes to, let's say sales, you hear a user say something like, well, you know, we need to basically kind of measure our sales and we need to increase our sales. Right. And then we'll look on the storyboard and someone will write more revenue. Guys, this happens all the time. So one thing I want to say is when it comes in the what to write, one of the biggest gaps that we see is translation. And most humans don't even recognize we're doing it. That is why we recommend to record everything. And the good thing about recording is that years ago, recording things used to be kind of like, you know, when I started in New York, it was like, why do you have a big recorder? Now that we're home for COVID, record button is normal. So one of the key things I recommend to make sure that you get the what to write properly, not to mention check the what to ask to make sure you're asking the right questions to the user is to use the recording button. Before I get to the last part here, because I know that our time is short, let me go back to the what to ask. Another key thing when it comes to what to ask, a lot of people don't realize is that literally the words you use could either end a session where you get the requirement or it could allow that session to continue and continue and continue. What we teach when you're doing this discovery process is never discuss technology or data availability. Now, many of you knew technology, but I can guarantee the data availability discussion for a lot of you is like, whoa, what do you mean? What if the business is asking me for stuff that I don't have? This is not the time to address that. Okay, guys. So again, going back to what to ask, because I wanted to give you guys some pitfalls is not just do not discuss technology, do not discuss the availability of the data. When you are using data storytelling to gather requirements, which is what we teach you to do, you want to make sure that you're focused on the story, whether or not the story is real or not. Okay. Now, let's get to the last part here because I'm definitely looking at my time. The last part is focused on what to draw. Now, this is the part that most of the industry is excited about, right? Everybody wants to draw. But here is our little secret. And this is why I think our methodology is different and it's so successful for our customers. Our little secret is that if you focus on the first two parts that we teach you, the what to ask, we give you what we call our secret data storyteller script. Then you have the what to write using our storyboard. By the time you get to what to draw, it's actually one of the easier parts of the process. You see, when I started in this industry, guys, like over 12 years ago, I was known as a data viz queen and I was so focused on the pretty dashboards. Like I love design. Okay. And I would sit on there and take a long time and I would guess and guess and guess, like what do the users want to see? And then what I realized was 
The reason why this was so hard is that I was so excited about my own little paintbrush and my own little tool and my own little dashboard and my own little charts and colors that I didn't take the time to formulate the, oops, sorry, to formulate the metrics correctly. So my little tidbit to you before I get into my last of what to draw is that if you find yourself laboring over charts, it is because you do not have correctly formed metrics and you don't have the story parts sorted out. Remember I gave you four story parts. That is why visualization takes so long. When you figure out and you, and you, you take the time to do the what to ask and then the what to write and you get the storyboard complete, the visualization part of the equation goes from being like 60% of the process all the way down to less than 20%, okay? So this is a little bit of a different kind of thinking. And then also one of the things that we tell people all the time is, you know, when they're sitting down laboring on charts, and you guys have probably heard this. I, didn't, I don't want to repeat what other people said, but keep it simple. Make sure that you focus on charts that people recognize. All the fancy stuff like spider charts, candlestick charts. Look, you're not in, you're not in the stock market. They're great to look at for a minute, but they're not so great long-term and most users will check out. So those are kind of my three core skill sets that we teach in our methodology. And I'm excited and I hope they added value to you guys. But like I said, it's really important. Oh, and one more thing, because I said that you don't do the validation and the what to ask, I wanted to insert that before you get to visualization and we actually give away on our website, we actually give away a ton of templates to do this for free. We have a template spreadsheet that's called the analytics data dictionary. And that is where you validate all of your measurements before you actually visualize them. Because if you're in this industry, the one thing you know is that users cannot unsee. Once they see it, it's theirs. So I always tell our students and I tell our customers, if you cannot deliver it, do not draw it. Okay. And if you define it, you own it. If you remember those two things, this session will be worth your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow. Miko, you bring it every single time. People are commenting. They're loving this. There's so many comments and questions flying in. I see your comments. Uh, Anubhav says you're adding energy to the conference. People are already saying they don't need coffee. Now they really don't need coffee. <laughs> People are remembering also your presentation from uh, from last time, and they're asking it's where so resources i know you mentioned the website where can they get um sorry sorry get just type in bibrains.com resources and we literally have a ton of different like we give away the analytics design guide analytics data dictionary all the templates are actually free the only thing you actually pay for is a formal training but the templates are free yes i know you got great training on there as well if people want to take courses uh, we do have time for like a couple of questions, so let's go go yeah. for it. Uh, Avinash is asking, what should we not include in data storytelling? So you're telling a data story, what should we not include? So for us, what we see, well, I already, in the what to say, I already told you, don't talk about tech and don't talk about data availability, but we actually stick to just the four story parts. Our stories are goals, KPIs, trends, and actions in that order, and we lay it out on our storyboard. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Brittany's asking, what programs are good for storyboarding? Oh, great question. And by the way, that was also another good question, what not to include. So Brittany, we have our own physical storyboard. We actually use real-time board. Um, as a good example, we use another tool called Mockups, M-O-Q, 
UPS. You can put it there in the comments. I'll go back in the comments and write this. And we actually put our storyboard on there. And in there, you can kind of have the users put post-its. And that's how we do the storyboard. Okay. Yeah. I love that post-it idea because then you can actually visualize. And yeah, see yeah. But we, oh, sorry, not real-time board. Miro. It's now called M-I-R-O.com. They rebuild. Oh, yeah. I actually played around with that a little bit. I have mm -hmm. a trial version. It's, it's very cool. It um, is super cool. Uh, uh, McDonald is asking, when you're done with your dashboard design, do you check the results with someone and ask for feedback before presenting it to your customer? So we build with the customer. Every single tile that we put on is validated by the customer. We never run in the back and do anything. The whole storyboard, everything, every single piece. So remember how I told you there's four story parts? We have that in our visualization, each row. We have the goal. We have we build each part with the customer. There's no surprises. Yes, I know. You have to go hand in hand, right? Just stay with them the whole time. Don't surprise yeah. them. Hey, this is what you get. Because then they'll be like, yeah, this is not what well, I want. Well, they rip everything to shreds, right? They just kind of go, oh, I don't want that. And then it becomes, yeah, we do everything with them. Yeah, that hey, makes sense. I'm trying not to read the comments. So sweet. You guys are awesome. Yes, you're getting a lot of comments. Uh, Ina says, thank you so much for this talk. You're a fantastic storyteller. Even more impressive that you don't need any slides. Yeah, you, you surprised me too. Look at that. I know. I, I said Kate would be like, what's going on? <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Uh, Matthew is asking, what's one book that you would recommend for somebody new to the data field? Okay, can I give three? <laughs> yes. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah, one is hard, my friend. Okay, so I think we had Cole Nasbaum, so I will recommend her. Um, she has two books, Less Practice, and then she has a Storytelling with Data. Yeah. Um, the second book that I recommend is not a it's not a data book. It's called Let's Get Real or Let's Not Play With Mahan Khalsa. That's because everybody in the data field is in sales, in my opinion. You have to sell your solutions, and that teaches you how to sell your solutions. That's my mm -hmm. humble opinion. And then I think the third book I'd recommend is Building a Story Brand with Donald Miller. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that. All right, last question and here. your book, by the way, your book as well, Kate. Sorry, I have to add that one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the Disruptors. You're in that book. So obviously, you know, read that book. Um, thank you. Last question here from Ivan. How do you feel about tables in storytelling? So when you say tables, I used to recommend that we put them on the dashboards that we were building. But honestly, like tools like Power BI now have something called Smart Insights, like a lot of these tools, MicroStrategy, et cetera. And what they do is they derive the, the context out of it. So mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm not a huge fan of tables. Like I think there's a use for them. I'm not a huge fan of putting them on the dashboard. There's a lot of things you could do now that will allow it to be more of a pop-up that adds context rather than taking up so much space. It tends to create a lot of clutter. Yeah, I think I found use for it only once when I was working with a finance company and they wanted a table of the data, of the exact same data yeah. that's in the line graph. They want to see it in table format as well for exact values. But now with the hover, you can see exact values when you're hovering. So I think we're- Yeah, most of the tools allow you to put like full tables in there. I kind of keep it to the pop-ups at this stage. It's a lot of, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the visualization space is getting smaller. Um, yeah. Kate, I want to say one thing before you move me on. Yes. I do love you. You rock. Thank you. <laughs> is that, is that awesome. you? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty awesome. 